Proudly coming to you from Nashville, Tennessee, this is the Frontier Podcast. I'm your host, Ledge, and we are powered by Gun.io, the engineer's choice for engineering talent. If you like what you hear, please give us a review on iTunes and join the conversation at the Frontier Pod on Twitter. Giddy up. CTO of Labdoor, Helton Souza, has stories to tell. Stories about moving to America to learn English, about selling pigs, yes, pigs, online, about pitching for Startup America and ending up in Silicon Valley. He's also got insights about taking scientific lab data and making it consumer readable, about saving 46% on infrastructure costs with smart cloud moves and about countless hours around a kitchen table coding like madmen in an Airbnb in Milan. At the end of this episode, I could see the movie reel in my head. I think you will too, as we discuss love of project, freedom of technology choice, and the human behavioral hacking required to motivate a team. Heldon, good to have you on here, man. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for having me, Ledge. So can you just uh, you know tell the listeners your two or three minute story, you know, background about you and your work? All right. Uh, currently, I'm, I'm the CTO of Labdoor, and, and Labdoor is uh, it's a company that reverse engineer supplements online and tell people what's really inside of a supplement. We, we do a, a chemical reverse engineering on them, and then we figure out if the label is accurate, if there is contaminants, heavy metals, pesticides, mold, and all that, uh, oxidation in the products that uh, we are consuming. Uh, and uh, basically, because of uh, the, the lack of regulation in the space, uh, we were having an opportunity to do this for, for the end consumers. So my background, technically, I'm originally from Brazil. Uh, I'm from Belo Horizonte, uh, the city, and then I moved to Sao Paulo when I was 15. So I went to college in Sao Paulo, and I started working uh, with uh, early uh, on in, in, in my college uh, uh, with uh, uh, Java, basically, uh, for banks and, and, and insurance companies in the state of Sao Paulo, and just like heavy, secure stacks and, and just really high complex things that usually you don't see the, the, the final product, uh, but it's, it's, it's a lot of uh, heavy tech uh, uh, involved in that. So I, I moved to Indianapolis in, in the United States in 2009 to learn English. Uh, I, was, I was losing a lot of jobs because I didn't speak a word of English in 2009. And in Brazil, we only speak Portuguese. So um, uh, I moved to Indianapolis because in, in, uh, I had family there and they have a, an international program for, uh, for foreigners in there. Uh, so I took the English uh, course with all the kids in there like 16 17 year olds from all over the world uh, it was a lot of fun uh, learning English in that setting and uh, and then the the need for for the tech in the United States was as big as it was in Sao Paulo at the time and then uh, after learning a little bit more we started uh, working for some small companies there and then we decided to build our first company I joined venture with Rafael and TJ uh, and we, we opened our consultancy firm in Indianapolis. It was called Terran Creata. And we were doing services for small business and medium-sized business. And, and then we did our first tech startup, 
which was called Show Me Pigs. And it was a marketplace for, for pigs uh, uh, that, that go on, on a show, you know, in the state fairs. And I didn't know anything about pigs uh, at that point. But a client uh, brought us the idea. And it was a great thing because they didn't have a, a marketplace at the time for, for these kids. So kids from 4-H uh, in the Midwest, they, they, they raise some pigs and they, they compete uh, in this thing. So you take your little pig there and if you win the competition, you can get a lot of money for that little pig. Uh, and then we, we created a marketplace where you could sell your, your pigs, you could sell uh, uh, semen, you could sell like anything that they, they do buy for like uh, reproduction and, and, and just keeping the thing. And in 2012, the Super Bowl was in Indianapolis. And then the Startup America uh, brought a, an event there for a pitch competition for uh, startups in the Midwest. So we signed up for that. Uh, we made a little video for it. And uh, in, the, in the final event, uh, we met uh, Neil, which came in, in, in Neil Thanador. He's a guy from, uh, from Michigan. He was studying in Ann Arbor. And he had just opened uh, a, a chemical lab with his dad. That's his background, chemist uh, uh, in, in business. And then he came out in first place. We came out in second. And instead of beating him in the alley, uh, we started talking in the event. <laughs> and, then, uh, and then he was like, I, I, he was impressed with the tech and with the design and everything that we have done so far with Show Me Pigs and other clients. And then fast forward like two weeks later, he, he, he told us like, hey, I have this idea. I want to I wanna, uh, take the chemical analysis to the masses in some way. I want to do this B2C if it's possible. Because I see I have a lot of NDAs and companies get, ask us to test uh, products. And we find out that some of these things are not good, but we cannot say anything. And we're buying those products everywhere on Walgreens, Walmart, and Costco. And... Uh, uh, I have an idea of how, how we can take this on a B2C. And then at first, he wanted to hire us to build the software. But after giving him the quote, it was way more than he was expecting because it's, it's a very complex stack in tech behind this whole thing. And uh, eventually, he was like, why don't you guys join uh, me? And then we do this together. And man, two weeks later, we both sold everything we had. Neil drove down to Indianapolis. We got rid of all the clients, all the companies that we were uh, doing at the time. And we started what became today Labdoor. And it was June 2012. Uh, That's a great and story. I, be I became a tech guy. Rafael uh, was, uh, was a designer and, and the communications guy. And Neil became our CEO and, and the head of chemist department. And, and at, that at that time, we had TJ uh, with us helping on the business side, too. So, uh, and, and in October, we had an opportunity to come to the, to the Silicon Valley. We were invited to join Rock Health, an incubator for health uh, apps in the Valley. So they, they invested some money on us. And then we, we flew here in October and, and it was like the dream, like a thing you see on the movies. Uh, and I, I never thought in my whole life that I would be in the Silicon Valley building tech apps and, and working on the high-tech engineering and chemist uh, stuff. So uh, it's been great. That's a fantastic story. Well, congrats, you know, yeah, I believe that is, that is very much the, 
you know, the story that everybody wants to have. So that's neat for you. Yeah. Um, yeah, let's talk about the technology stuff. You know, I mean, what, what do you have to do as, as CTO and what's the engineering and the stack behind Labdoor? I mean, I think it's a fantastic service. What are the challenges of running it? Like, what do you, what do you have to make work on the engineering side? Well, at first I was, uh, like any, any good old startup and, you, and you're in your garage, I was coding this thing, uh, full time by myself. So at the beginning, I was dealing with, uh, I'm a Java guy, so uh, I love Java technologies. And I was coding this thing on, on using Play Framework, uh, which is a, a French framework for Java. And uh, it's very, very good uh, thing. And then uh, later on, now, I think they're more Scala-based, and Twitter's using, LinkedIn is using it. So but we're in the first generation of that when, when they're very uh, new. So it was amazing to see a Java framework that was easy to, to deploy and develop with. Uh, and at that time, I was, I was playing around with our own servers in-house, uh, plugging that stuff with two internet connections and running Tomcat uh, and, and running all that, like, like PD uh, in, in the front end just to load balance all the, the, the things that we had too and deploying those things in-house. Uh, uh, a lot of nights uh, were spent uh, in, in, in making sure the servers were working, there was power there, and, and the internet was not uh, breaking on us. But uh, years later, I, uh, the company started growing, and then there is the, 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 the back end, the admin side of, of translating a lot of chemical analysis from the lab. And it's it's an ungodly amount of data that comes out of there. They don't have pretty names, uh, and they, they, do, they do not translate to a grade or, or to a score from zero to 100 easily. So you have to work a lot with the business uh, and a lot with the chemist uh, department and, and, and try to like build that algorithm and those equations that will translate uh, that bunch of data into something that people can relate and they can look at it like for five seconds and say like, okay, this is a good product and those are the reasons why. So the, the stack obviously became more of a challenge and then we started uh, evolving the whole stack uh, to, I would say that today we're in the, the, we're in the third evolution of our own stack. And uh, nowadays we work with uh, AWS and it, we have Kubernetes, which is, I, it's, blowing my mind how, how great Kubernetes is and, and everything that it can do to us. So well, codes, it's like in GitHub, and then we have uh, Jenkins as a CI, uh, we have Docker, uh, and, and all those like great things uh, about like still Java, we're using Java 9 uh, all the way to 10. Uh, in the front end, we, we still use a lot of play uh, for the front end and it's a liquid design. So we don't have a mobile app uh, And that was like a business discussion that we still have we need to find a way to, to Put something on a, on, a, on a mobile app that's native That's going to be very useful for for the end user to just go there and, and have value out of it Because we found out that just having an app to have to package the website data it will, it's it, it's not very helpful and the, the, the amount of resources you spend uh, keeping up with everything that Google 
or Apple's trying to change in, in new phones and new frameworks and, and all those things that it's not worth it. That our users, they usually go to Google and you search like best fish oil. And we need to be there in the first, second place without paying, which is another challenge. So it comes back to like me working really close with Rafael on the, on the communication and, and the marketing side, finding out how, do, how can we fine tune tech to get all those nice juicy words in the website, in the right places, so people find us faster. Uh, so uh, just this, this latest tech, for instance, the stack that we are using, it's, it saved us 46% in, 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 in money. And, and we've, been, we've been implementing this over the past three, four months. So this new Kubernetes in, in AWS, really light pods and all this like good stuff that comes with, uh, with that like micro, micro containerization of, of the stack. It's, it's paying off great. So uh, I think that's great, like save 40, 50% on, on, on price. We can get that money and just spend more on SEO. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you're so right. That is, that is exactly, you know, your users so well, you know, it just speaks to really excellent alignment of marketing product and engineering, which it sounds like you got to, you know, maybe before everybody was talking about it, like that's a hot topic this year, how, you know, the VP of product also gets to run engineering now, you know, I'm hearing that stuff a lot. And and I think that uh, somewhere along the line that, that was lost, that technology and product, you know, are served the same purpose and, and must be aligned with, with marketing. So it's, it's really great that, that you have that uh, evolution, you know, in the organization's DNA, but that you as the CTO are not just concerned with technology, you're concerned with the success of the product and, and the business. And that's, that's not always the case. Yeah, in running, as a CTO, and, and, and there's a trick in there, I'm, I've been spoiled by having great technical people working with me in this, in this project. So uh, I've been trying to hire this guy that's today my head of engineering for, since I started this company. And, and his name is Anderson. So Mr. Anderson, like we used to play on, on The Matrix. With the Matrix, uh, <laughs> And, and he, he's a great, great developer. He was my first boss in Brazil. When I got out of my first job at the university, uh, he was my first boss developing code for banks. And this guy went uh, to London and he was having a successful career there with his wife. And then I was trying to like kick this whole thing by myself and just working. And at some point it was too much, it was overwhelming. And I remember like trying to hire people in the, in the valley, uh, in the Bay Area, and it's, it's a real painful experience because uh, you're looking for somebody that's like 10 years plus uh, in the market. It really knows his stack. And, and at the same time, they can, they can coach people, which is incredibly hard for a tech person to do because we love machines and people are highly problematic if you're a coder. Uh, people don't, they, they just don't follow the rules of, of coding, right? They are, so you need to love human behavior and, and working with people. And that's a different kind of hacking when you can hack into somebody's mentality and just motivate them to build something that the company needs 
and still be excited about it and, and not just want to do what they want to do. Uh, so I went, I took, this guy was, uh, after a very frustrating meeting in, in the city, in the financial district, I called this guy and, and he was probably in the middle of the night over there. And I told him, like, Anderson, I'm not joking anymore. You need to come and work with me. I need help. And, and I honestly started crying because it was so much uh, on, on, uh, at stake. You know, the, the, the stake is so high at that point. You take VC money, you were running this, this thing, like just in the last, uh, in the last, in the Q3 right now, we had 6.6 .6 million page views. Uh, we have uh, 290,000 users in our platform. So that, that whole thing, it, it brings a lot of responsibility. And at the time, it was all overwhelming because on top of the whole management, I was doing all the tech work. So I told him, like, I don't, I don't care what, what you're doing. I need you as a friend. Like, it's kind of like, I almost told him, like, dude, you owe me that. Uh, you're my friend. I cannot count on anybody else. And then he was like, look, uh, calm down. It's in the middle of the night here. We're going to talk tomorrow. Like, calm down like what's going on like I didn't know it was that bad and then we talked again next next day and we figured out that he was going to Italy in, in Milan to solve some passport issues uh, with with the wife and the family citizenship and I told him like where are you gonna be uh, I'm gonna fly there and we're gonna work 30 days together in a project that I had in mind at the time there was no like orchestrated uh, containers uh, things that could orchestrate containers uh, really well. It was not like uh, Netflix had a great framework in, in production at the time, and I was looking at it, and I was like, this is highly complex for what I need. But I, I had the idea in mind of how to build that using AWS uh, and their machines. So I told him, like, we're going to build something that i never seen before, and I think you will be excited. And, and, and I'm going to pay you to do this with me but I'm gonna go there and you just tell me where you are. I'm gonna find an Airbnb and I'll be there. I'm gonna build this. And if after we put this in production, we only have 28 days. After we put this in production, you tell me if you wanna work with me or not. And then I, he was like, whatever, man, I have 30 days of kind of vacation and then let's do this. So I flew there uh, and 20 something hours later, uh, I, was, I, was, I was in Milan uh, in this, I don't speak uh, Italian. It was a challenge because not not all of them speak English too, and and I do speak Portuguese, but that was not helpful at all. So we we sat in my my little Airbnb uh, apartment for like fourteen to sixteen hours a day, and in the twenty second, twenty fourth day, we pushed this thing to production, and Ledge, it was the greatest feeling of of all time because when you're a tech person and you put something in production and it does work and you the, the goal was when we increase requests at the time that was like a novel thing when you increase requests at a certain threshold you would just spin a new machine with all the code and everything would just go up and you'll go down when you don't need it so there was no like over over paying for for a stack anymore and, and that was so exciting that we were like, when we push that thing, you feel like a golden god. You know, your code works. And, and, and so you're you, dancing. 
you invent, invented elastic compute and you didn't tell anybody else? I, I'm pretty sure there was like, uh, <laughs> there was other people working and there was, there were solutions in the, in the market at that point, but they were all too, too heavy for me. You know, it was like, uh, an over, over technology for what we needed. If we needed a very simple solution at the time. And then after that, uh, it was pretty clear that he couldn't get away. And he was in love with the project and in, in love of, of, with the, and I think this for tech people, it's very important, the freedom of choosing great technology to work with. They are free of politics, free of the, the big players signing contracts in meetings where tech people don't matter. And then you come down, it's like, hey, we have to use this ERP system. We have to use this API. And, and, and this is this data this database, it's really important for the company. And that was the CEO call. And you're like, well, it's, it's not good for me at all. And you have to make it work. Uh, so it, I think it was, this is the story how I got my head of engineering. <laughs> That's fantastic. I love that story. I could tell you have a lot of good stories and you're very passionate about engineering, which is great in leadership. I mean, it must be a lot of fun to, to work you know, on your team and, and with folks like that. Um, one, the question I, I sort of finish up with, with, with everybody is, um, you know, we're in the business of evaluating and staffing, you know, just unicorn a plus super senior you know, engineers. Like that's, that's what we do. And, and we have a really strong, you know, sort of proprietary knowledge of that and, and process that we do it in. But, you know, I, I think we're always interested in learning, you know, from the, from the field, you do the same thing when you're growing your company, what are the the key heuristics that that you do to hire, you know, very senior, excellent engineers. How do you I identify them? Um, and how do you know when they're sitting in front of you that it's someone that you want to put on your engineering team? Well, I would say there is, uh, there is uh, besides the technical analysis that you do and time and, and what they deployed uh, after the technical interview, they know how to code, right? And, 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 then you have to assess what, what, what I think is the most important thing. How thirsty are, are they still? Because when you become a senior uh, programmer or, or a tech person, uh, you, you kind of get a little bored with, with the everyday tasks. So, there's so you're going to build this once and it's very exciting. Second time, you solidify the knowledge. The third time, you're probably like, doing this with only 50% of your brain capacity uh, throughout the day. And, and, and then it's, it's when we, we kind of, technical people are forced to step into the more business side of things. So we get, we get excitement back. Uh, so now you're making business decisions that will align with, with what the tech that you want to work with. So for me, it's like, I would, I would call it, there is a gut feeling, uh, but that, should be translated if we're talking engineering words uh it's it's an amount of data that's not spoken that's in those meetings that's why i i, I go great lengths to to meet people in person and i i ran teams in brazil and and and, and in other other places and i always like to go back there and talk to these people face to face because you can learn a lot uh I and mean, you have to to be a, a good business person, you also have to learn very fast how to read people. 
and uh, and this is this is also another side of 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 the the, the tech. Uh, you're you're working with very cold uh, machines and algorithms and all this, but everybody that's doing this is a human being, and they are highly complex. And motivation doesn't come easy uh, these days, and and they have a lot of opportunities. So the same time you're evaluating them, they are evaluating you. So it's kind of like when I was a, a young kid, and, and we were talking about this before, when you're like a, a guitarist and playing on a stage, if you, if you don't go up there and deliver 110% of the performance, people will not feel 100%. So it's kind of a soul-draining process that you do every night when you go on that stage and you, you perform. And, the, and I think the whole magic of running that show it's like like the, every great musician that you ever went to a live concert. They have been doing this for 20, 30 years. And when they step in the stage, it's the first time they are performing again. So that passion that you look at them and say like, wow, I'm feeling it. And he's feeling it. And he's, he's, he's flowing that energy to the crowd. So I like to be this high energy person. And, and, and I'm truly passionate for what we do. Because it's a real problem, and and it's in many cases it's dangerous to consume supplements. They are not health healthy, and they are not uh, safe in in many cases. And and who's telling us that? A nice label, a six pack on a bottle, or like a ripped uh, artist or, or 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 an actor doesn't doesn't do science. And 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 at the end of the day, it's a liquid, it's a powder, and what is there? I love that, man. I love the passion. Great answer. I love the idea of, you know, having to both hack the code and hack the the person. I mean, you're so right. You know, I do a lot of sales and, and customer support and customer development and it's the same thing. You know, it's, it's a very human connection. And I think that businesses that recognize that, you know, end up doing a lot better internal, external. It doesn't matter who you're serving. It's about that human connections. You, you got to love people, you know, you, you gotta love them for what they are. They, we, we, are, we have flaws, a lot of it, but you gotta put yourself in those shoes. Like I'm, I'm not great uh, and definitely not great all the time. And then I, you also have to accept that other people, your, your employees, your partners, they will not be 100% at all times. But if, if we can get there a few times, a few times a day, a few times a month, that is enough. And, and I don't like that, that talk about only working with triple A people because triple A people and unicorns, they, they're not real. They, they are a projection of what we can do at 110%. But 110%, it costs a lot to the human being. So you need to sprint and, and, and recharge. It's great leadership, man. I love it. Helton, thank you for being here with us. This is going to be a great episode. All right. Thanks, Led. Thanks for listening to the Frontier Podcast produced by Gun.io. We're the only freelancing platform where engineers actually go to hire other engineers. If you enjoyed the show and want to learn more about how to hire or freelance with us, head over to Gun.io slash podcast to get in touch, and we'll pay for your first 10 hours with a kick-ass engineer.
Thanks for listening to the Frontier Podcast, produced by Gun.io. We're the only freelancing platform where engineers actually go to hire other engineers. If you want to learn more about how to hire or freelance with us, head over to Gun.io and get in touch. Let us know you heard the podcast and we'll pay for your first 10 hours with a kick-ass engineer.